God at Northside Drive Baptist Church. My Lord, what a morning. Did you hear that? It couldn't be more appropriate, I don't think. As several of us were uh, scurrying about trying to attend to the heat in the chapel, which uh, is beginning to work, uh, uh, there will be some uh, aspects of amending and abridging the service today. I'm not looking for suggestions of what to cut, but uh, adjustments will be made. Uh, as we begin, we always begin with the praise of God, regardless of the temperature. I think of uh, Dr. Radar Bjornard, a 102-year-old member who, was a who is a Norwegian uh, uh, minister, and he always said that you haven't had a real baptism if you haven't broken the ice to do it. He's not here today, but we could do this sort of in honor of Radar today. It's a hymn of praise. Let's stand together and sing. Please join me in the litany of confession and invitation. We gather for worship in the light of God's grace. Lord, let the light of your grace shine upon us. We gather for worship in the light of God's love. Lord, let the light of your love shine within us. We gather for worship in the light of God's justice. Lord, let the light of Jesus calls his followers the light of the world. Jesus we confess that often we are dim reflections of Christ's love and grace and light. We pause for a moment in silent confession. Sisters and brothers, God's light of grace 
shines upon us this very moment. We are forgiven. Let us walk in the light of God's grace. Let us lift our voices in praise to God. Welcome again to the worship of God as we gather in the chapel today for worship. If you are a guest among us, a special welcome to you. I see that hand back there. Thank you. That was Leah. There's Leah. Uh, if you're a guest today, if you would uh, take a moment and fill out the card that's on the edge of the order of service, it'll help me connect name and face to you. But it is always a, a good and uh, and beautiful thing to join in worship on Sunday morning. So drop that card in the plate when it's passed, and if you have a prayer request, feel free to place that on the card as well. It's an honor for our staff and for our deacons to pray for you every week by name and by need. Well, um, what else should we say? It's warming up a little bit. Is it, is it getting there? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to uh, figure things out as we go. Uh, it's hard to do this by consensus, you know. <laughs> always look at Liz, who says it's always cold, regardless if it's 98 degrees. <laughs> Thank you. This is part of our pillow talk <laughs> that she just did. I get it. I get it. At least what we will do is uh, we will not sing the next hymn, the 539, Walk as a Child of the Light. So we won't do that. And um, uh, there will be some abbreviation to the sermon. Cut it down from an hour to maybe 45 minutes. <laughs> and the thing is, to, to, to abbreviate the sermon is sort of to enable those of you who disable the heater. You know, we... We're, we've, we've got a CSI scene, we have fingerprints, we know, and the CSI means uh, Congregational Center Investigation, so we, we know who you are. So, I'll be uh, doing a lighter version, pardon the pun, of the sermon. Um, as we gather for worship, we tune our hearts to hear about the light of the world, and eventually is going to sing about uh, God's going to set this world on fire and uh, we need the heat today. Let's worship God. True worship is aware of the poor and by sharing resources God's blessing is known. A reading from the book of Isaiah. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sin. 
Is not this the fast that I choose? To loose the bonds of justice, of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house? Can you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger and the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer, the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. Here ends the first lesson. And now let us pray together. Gracious dear God, you have said it all so beautifully through Isaiah. You have given Isaiah your voice, and you've given us much of the message of the gospel of your son Jesus. These are things we know, and the Hebrew people knew them too, but they slip so easily from our consciousness because they do not offer power or riches or fame especially now as our country seems more divided than ever, keep teaching us these simple truths, to break the yoke of the oppressed, to share our bread and our resources with the hungry, to come to the aid of the afflicted, and to cease criticizing and speaking of evil. It is then that we will see your light and your healing for us individually and in our spirit, and we pray in larger ways that our world can grow in love and respect for all humanity. We all feel the gloom of sadness and the loss of hope at some time, but we don't always turn to you to satisfy our needs with the water of life that never fails. Keep teaching us that we stay safe through giving up safety that we are nourished by giving ourselves away, that we see your light by being willing to walk through the darkness with you, and that your truths of love and justice and humility do not change as the centuries change. We are blessed with the new birth of baby Grace Goodhead, 
and we mourn with David Lester in the death of his husband, Terry Lewis. We pray for peace and faith for those suffering, Clay Manley, and those approaching their last days on earth, Muriel Harvey. It is great for us all to know that your open arms await to comfort us. We come now to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples, praying fervently. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The psalmist invites the people to praise God, respect God, and live righteous lives before God. Their reward will be calm hearts and a legacy of remembrance. A reading from Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Happy are those who fear the Lord, who greatly delight in his commandments. Their descendants will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. They rise in the darkness as a light for the upright. They are gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with those who deal generously and lend, who conduct their affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. They will be remembered forever. They are not afraid of evil tidings. Their hearts are firm, secure in the Lord. Their hearts are steady, they will not be afraid. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have distributed freely, they have given to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn is exalted in honor. Here ends the second lesson. I'd like to invite all the children to come forward at this time. We'll gather up here. Good morning, good morning. Everybody come to the red carpet. Thank you. All right, if you have your offering, Pastor Daniel has a plate. Aaron? Thank you. Well, hey guys, I brought a few cool things to show you this morning. Can somebody hold this for me, Sloan? Thank you. Yes, these are some things that I brought. Hey, today we're going to hear a gospel lesson about Jesus talking to, y'all sit down talking to God's people. He's talking to disciples and fo his followers, and he talks to them about what it means to be uh, God's disciples and what it means to be a follower of Christ. And he says that you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. So he's talking about salt and light. So I brought some salt today, and we're going to have a science experiment to talk about salt because salt is really cool. It can do a whole lot of things. It can season up food, right? What do you like to have with your hamburgers? Salt. Salt. 
saw, saw uh, Daniel like salt with his hamburgers. I like the salt with my hamburgers, but on the fries on the side, right? You ever had fries without salt? It's not so tasty. They're not so good. So it's the salt brings the flavor. It can spice things up, and it can do it in whole different ways because French fries taste one way, but when you put the salt on, they taste completely different. You can put salt on like eggs, you know, and they taste completely different. They bring out the flavor of each thing. So in that way, we can bring out the flavor. Everybody's got a different flavor, and if we're all salty and we bring our flavors together, well, that makes a delicious dish. Another really cool thing that salt can do, and there's a little bit of water on top of my ice here. Did you know that salt can melt ice? So yesterday, if the weather would have gotten worse, I'm going to put some food coloring on here so you can see it better. When you put the salt on, it breaks down the ice. And so in just a few, can you see it? It's already breaking it down. It's very cool. So ice is really hard. And it doesn't easily break. But salt can break it down. And it, can, it becomes water. Don't touch it. It's blue. And so, um, so when you watch it, <laughs> so you can watch this and you can see that it'll, um, you can see how it's melting. See all the blue? Down there it gets more and more as you go along. So everybody sit down. So I want you to think of yourselves as salt. You know, even the hardest of hearts, even icy cold hearts that maybe are very angry about something or very mean, our God's people sometimes get upset and angry and sad and their hearts get hard. So if we're salty, if we stay salty, like Jesus said, then we can kind of help to break down the hard hearts around us by being um, salty and bringing out those flavors and melting that hardness. See, it's already starting to break down on top. It's not immediate, but uh, you got to stay with it. See, stays on top of the ice and it starts to break it down. So we can think of ourselves like that with salt. We can also think of ourselves as light. Pastor Daniel, will you hold this for just a minute? Thank you. Now, here's my light that I brought. This is my camping light. Don't look right at it. Really bright, right? I use this. If we go camping, we can hang this up in the top of the tent and it lights up the whole tent. And then if you wake up in the middle of the night and you have to go to the bathroom, you can use this and you can walk with it and it lights up everything around so you don't, because that's what I do in the middle of the night camping. So if you have to go walking somewhere, you can see where you're going, right? Without this light, you wouldn't be able to see. You might trip and fall and uh, you might uh, st uh, stub your toe on something and you get hurt. But if you have light, then you can see where the other things are. So Jesus says for us to be light. So we can shine in the dark places, so we can help people to see. And that's what, that's what we it's need dissolved. to remember. It dissolved! Look at this! Look, it already worked. The salt already worked. Just in five minutes. Just in, fi in less than five minutes. So this week, I want you to think about being the salt and the light in the world, and just like Jesus told us, and stay with it. And if we're salty and we light, we stay lit up and we stay salty, we can do some amazing things for God. Let's say a prayer. Dear God, help us to remember to follow you and to do all the things that you want us to do in this world. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> That's my little container fell. Sorry. All right. If we're going to choir, let's go. Let's, let's go.
Jesus declares that his followers are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. <coughs> you are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to God in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. I think I think I'll just stand here and preach. And since it's warmed up enough, I think you could handle the whole sermon. But since I've gotten your hopes up, <laughs> I guess I'll stick with plan B. Um, the topic is the light of the world. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. He said that to a bunch of peasants on a hillside, those who were barely keeping it together, who didn't have enough to eat were uh, probably in some rags. They were peasant farmers and fishermen. But they were also political people, like we are. There would have been some zealots there that would have kept a, a dagger and a cloak just in case they caught a Roman uh, guard, off guard, and could slip it through his ribs. Uh, they were for regime change. There were probably some Sadducees there who said, no, let's just go along and get along. Let's be compliant with the, uh, the Roman government that, were, uh, that was occupying it. Then there were then some Pharisees there who said, tell you what, uh, we'll leave the politics alone and we'll just focus on being holy people and we know that we are holier than thou. All of those different uh, stripes are still with us today, dividing us politically, dividing us in theologically in every which way. But Jesus said to that broad spectrum of people, like Jesus would say to us, you today, you are the light of the world. Now, we use the NRSV in the Pew Bibles and at the lectern, New Revised Standard Version. But whenever I see the second person plural, I always want to use the NRSSV, the New Revised Steve Sheely version, 
because Steve always says, with a plural you, it may be better translated, you all. You all are the light of the world, or all of y'all are the light of the world. You hear that? That there is something about the all y'all that changes the amount of light and heat in the room. All y'all, regardless of how you feel about yourself, what you do this week about it, you already are that. Now, some of you were colleagues of uh, John Claypool, like Ann White Morton and, and Karen Massey and others of you, some students. Uh, and he was a pastor of some at Northminster Church in Jackson. And uh, one of the stories that he liked to tell was as a younger man when he was in a minister group. This was probably when he was in Fort Worth. I don't remember the time. He was in a minister group, and they were sharing their woes and difficulties. And he talked about uh, the stress of being a success, of how to of always having to achieve and do, do it better, and how that comes out of the family of origin stuff that we implant into our vocation. And in the middle of all that, one of the peers he had, that was an Episcopal priest, said, well, John, you know, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. It's not something you work for and get. You are the light of the world. It's not something you achieve and then have. You already are the light of the world. It's not measured by success. It already is. You can't be anything other than that. It's already been decided. You are the light. John said it was one of those things that changed his life, that it helped uncouple his, what, drive to achieve to become worthy, but per Jesus' words from the 2,000-year-old text, you already are the light of the world. It's not something you achieve and have. I want you to relish that on this day and think about how our congregation is already that, as in you are already that. We who are the church on the hill. We were talking about it last week at the missions committee meeting about we are uh, a small church, but we have a large footprint in the world and in, um, in Atlanta. We talked about how we support Lost and Found. Lost and Found is a place that provides um, um, support for, clothes for, other resources for uh, teenagers who have come out but because they came out, they were pushed out of their family. That's one of the things we support to help persons in need. We helped through the hunger fund. Two weeks ago, Mona Steins and all of you brought a thousand crock pots to the fellowship hall. But the crock pots weren't as full as the offering plate was. Something like $2,300 or more is a record that we collected that we disperse to per persons that are hungry. Also in the budget is the Baptist Joint Committee for Religious Liberty. And Lord, how mercy do we not need them now, who are First Amendment advocates, who help, who help talk about the tightrope of the delicate balance 
between religious liberty and religious responsibility. Religious freedom and religious responsibility, the delicate, delicate balance that's so hard to uh, appreciate, much less live. You are the light of the world. It's too late to be anything else. So be who you already are. Shine the light, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, and God's going to set this world on fire. Amen? Let's take a moment to let that seep in. Amen. We won't be singing the next hymn, but uh, as we as we think about these words and live into these words, I'm going to invite Keith, why don't you bring the choir on up, preparing them to sing, and Daniel, if you will, bring us our concerns and celebrations. All right, I better make this brief for more than one reason, right? A couple of concerns and celebrations to tell you about. First, uh, make sure to pick up a copy of the Pinnacle on the way out. It'll have a lot of the upcoming events, like the Triple E Valentine Luncheon that's on Tuesday, RSVP to Barbara, the church office, if you haven't already. Like next Sunday, uh, we'll have a very special guest, uh, Dr. Malkaz, who is the Metropolitan Bishop of the Evangelical Baptist Church of the Republic of Georgia. That's a different Georgia, Joseph, I'll, I'll tell you about after the service. We'll be so delighted to have uh, the bishop here for uh, a special presentation to Art and Soul where all in are invited, and then preaching in the 11 o'clock service, and then a lunch and learn. Uh, it's a free lunch. We just ask you to RSVP to the church office uh, this week if you haven't done so already. A few prayer concerns to tell you about. You may have heard in, in Mary's prayer this reference, but a celebration first that uh, Grace Alexandra Goodhead was born last Tuesday. Her parents are Bess and Simon, and we celebrate with little Grace and can't wait, wait to meet her. She is well-named. Um, and some sorrow in our hearts. Uh, the, the funeral of, of Terry Lewis will be at 2 p.m. this Saturday in the chapel, followed by reception in the fellowship hall. David's here with us. David, know that we love you, and uh, we wrap our arms around you, and we'll do that literally today and a little bit after the service. Good. If you didn't hear that, he was saying he has some stories that he'd like to tell about Terry that he would be giving uh, during uh, that time. So wanted you to know. 
Uh, also, we pray for the Manleys, for uh, Clay Manley's continued recovery, and for Muriel Hardy. Muriel went home to be with her daughter, Valerie. She's still at the end, so we pray for them in uh, these last days. Our choir will sing to us offertory hymn now as it continues the theme of light, so let us do. loving God, we can hear, we can hear Clay Manley say amen to the singing of the choir, for it, it, it livens our hearts. 
and it makes us sing with joy. As we gather in this place, we go forth from this place with renewed sense that indeed and against all odds, we are the light of this world. So help us glow for your sake. Receive these tithes and offerings as symbols and gifts from our gratitude. And we offer this prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Have we had church? We have had church. And as we have church, we give thanks for the gift of church. So as we prepare to go, remember this. May the strength of Christ uplift you, the comfort of the Holy Spirit surround you, and the grace and mercy of God give you all hope and courage this day and every day as we prepare to go in peace. Amen.